When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome in Purple Daily. Purple Access, Zolgad, Chips Goggins, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, Declan Goss, of course. Uh, sponsored, as always, by our friends at uh, TCL TV. One of the great TVs, the greatest TV to watch sports on, and also... Uh, by, as you just heard, Surly Brewing. Uh, if there is an official beer of Judd and Chip, there's no question about it. It is Surly, and in particular, Surly Furious. Chip, just a, before we start, just a few <laughs> words about the Furious experience for you. Judd, I stopped last night, picked up my four-pack of Tall Boys, and the guy, as he checked me out, says, enjoy, enjoy that Furious. I was like, oh, I will. Oh, I, said, <laughs> no. <laughs> no I told him, I said, I said, it's my favorite, and he said, me too. I was like, how how many people in this Twin Cities greater Twin Cities area have that same answer? Me too. That's my favorite. Uh, yes. my favorite IPA. Yes, exactly right. It and does not get topped. It does not get topped. Well, and like you've and like you've long said, the Tall Boys are just a special experience. There's something about it hits the tall differently. Boys. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you get to get the four pack. Six packs are good. Twelve, yes, but if you get that Tall Boy, mm. yep, Tall Boy on a Friday night. Now that, oh, yeah. from Surly, that is the way to go. Look at Declan's like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's exactly that sounds right. right. We exactly all know what we're doing right. tonight. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, text, I'll text you guys. Yeah, you open can, yeah. 930, <laughs> text us. All right, Chipper, let's get right to it. Um, after after much consternation, after being, I guess, bypassed by the guy that, that might have been their top candidate, Brian Flores hired as defensive coordinator for the Vikings, just off the bat. What are your expectations with them, basically? I think it's safe to say they got the last hire where if they had moved on to the next list, it wouldn't yeah. have been pretty. I think this is probably perceived, and rightfully so, as a home run hire. Yeah, I um, I thought he would, would have been my top choice. I um, And I don't know as much about you know the other guys as I do him, um, but he was a guy – uh, that I, when, when you heard that they were interviewing, I'm like, man, he would be a great choice because could they have a polar opposite in terms of style than what they had last year uh, with Donatel with what Flores is going to bring? I mean, this seems like it's going to take a, it's going to take a while to get the personnel to match what he wants to do. And that's, it, it may not, you know, he may not have the pieces that he needs to run the defense the way he wants, but at least in philosophy, um, 
you're not going to be saying, gosh, they're so passive. They're sitting back and just, you know, letting the offense dictate. They're probably going to give up some big plays because of being over-aggressive. Yep. I would rather do that, Judd, and take my chances with trying to be the aggressor and trying to dictate to the offense, you know, and put pressure on them and make mistakes than just sitting back and being so soft um, with what we saw last year. Now, the thing that I would like to see, because I and I, I do – Agree, and I like the fact that his scheme is aggressive, and you know clearly Ed, and I don't even think it's fair to say that Ed was trying to run the true Vic Fangio experience because clearly it was just not good. But the one thing that I think we didn't see, and that I think that Brian Flores hopefully is going to bring as well, is an acknowledgement of okay, I run a certain scheme, and player X Y can do it, but player Z might struggle. So you also have to be adaptable and coach that player and use yeah. that player right to get the best yeah. from that guy like that's the thing that drove me crazy was I never felt that Ed truly said at some point in time yeah you know I really like my scheme but there's certain guys here who have strengths that pro- that that just don't really fit that so how can I use them best instead of saying the old hey, he's gonna do he's gonna do what he should do and then it ends yeah. up being a disaster yeah and I'm, I'm curious to see because you know Force has been a head coach He's a guy that's getting head coaching opportunities. Um, how much input do you think or should Quasi and O'Connell give him in personnel in terms of draft, free agency, and saying like, this is the type of player we want knowing, you know, if he has a good you know, good couple of years that he's probably going to be in the head coaching road, you know, mix for other jobs again. That I don't know how long his tenure is going to be here. Um, I wonder how much say in personnel he's going to have. I would have no problem if he had a say. And I and I would have no problem, especially if it's a cornerback, right? Because there's a crop of good ones. I would yeah. I would I would like the guy that that you know Brian Flores thinks is a standout that fits yeah. what he does. Yes, I think that's fair. And I think he needs to because um well, one, we're gonna see them blitz a lot, right? He, uh, when he was at Miami, and I assume this is going to carry over, they had, what, one of the highest blitz rates yes, and one of the highest man coverage rates, right? And so that's personnel. Do you have that on this on this roster right now? Um, I'm sure Flores is going to tell them, hey, if we're going to do this, you know, this is what this is the type of cornerback uh, I need. This is the type of edge rusher. Uh, this is the type of linebacker. And so I'm curious to see how much of a face lifts lift this defense gets this offseason and you can't do it all in one offseason but over the next couple offseasons who do you think is now that that we know that he's going to be dc who do you think is back and who who do you think is probably gone well um you look at the high price guys i think harrison's back now i, I mean i i think um now it might be a low restructure but he was you know when you start looking at the high price guys you, you know uh, he was in the list of okay, they got to do something here because I think his is his cap hit nineteen million. Um, but the way that Flores wants to use defensive backs and move guys around, and I think he would Harrison would probably fit, you know, with his idea of disguising with uh, kind of the hybrid different type of roles that guys are going to be able to play in. Um, in his system. Um, you know, 
if he's going to blitz a lot, uh, you know, you want to have, you know, where, where does that put, you know, Eric Kendricks or is that, you know, um, if you're going to create pressure, I mean, the one that's interesting is that Zadarius Smith is what he discontinue all, you know, following the, the Vikings, uh, social media stuff. I never really know what to make of that, but right. He's an interesting one because you wonder what the shelf life is and you wonder, um, if physically, you know, what we saw in the second half of the year where he just was not the same guy and he has a high price tag. But Judd, I mean, what, what's what's plan B? I mean, you got to well, have pass rushers. Yeah, the, well, the, the question is this, too. Does, does Brian Flores think that he could take a guy uh, like Wanham, like uh, the kid from Pittsburgh, yeah, and Jones. And, yeah. yeah, and Jones. And does he feel that he could develop them? I, I think the linebackers are gone because it saves money and you need to get yeah. faster there. Um, yeah. I, think, I think they're going to have to look hard, and he, he's going to want this, at restructuring Daniil, which, by the way, I'm all for. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Um, but I think you're right on Smith. So you think Hicks and, 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 and Kendrick are both gone? gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to get Osimo on the field, right? Yep. He's, he's, this is a game for, you're talking about this defense has to get a lot faster. Well, he's your fastest guy. You got to get him on the field. Um, and so, yeah, I think you restructured Daniel. You, you know, you, you think about whether those guys that were the backups at, at the outside, you know, the rush in guys, if they're ready to make that leap. Right. Um, well, and they should, and in Jones' case, he should be. He's now going into what year four, Chip? Four. This will be year four for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, he should be prepared to make a leap. The the thing that's probably going to be harder for them is in the secondary. Um, what do you do with Pat P? I let him go. I, I think coverage, if you're talking I about man coverage, I I think I would probably, yeah, because um, I don't know what kind of price tag he's going. And eventually, as you know, as well as he played at times this year the age thing and you I mean you're just gonna lose a step and it benefited him to play in Donatello's system. Um yes. But Cam Dantzler. No. Um, don't you th- don't you think that you create enough cap space that your one potential, you know, impact, and I'm not saying superstar, but your impact free agent move is a corner. It has to be because I gotta get one veteran guy back if, there. Yeah, because if you're gonna, you know, if you're going to move on from Pat Peterson, Cam Dancer, I don't know if, if he's back. Yep. Um, Booth, you don't you know, know if he's healthy. Booth, healthy, Evans, the, the concussions, Duke Shelley. I mean, that that to me is priority number one this offseason is figuring out. And I don't know that you can. Like, it means they don't have enough data on Evans and – um, booth yet to know are they starters? Can you count on them? I and mean, Evans had three concussions, Judd. I mean, how do you? Well, and booth, how do you how do you account for that when you're planning for your future? I think Booth deserves a chance to compete for a starting job, but he never stays on the field. His yeah. health is always a, that's why. And and you know, Chip, the thing too that probably doesn't get discussed enough is that when we're talking about that position, it's three open spots. 
because the nickel corner, yeah. Shandon Sullivan He's going to come back, is, yeah. is going to be gone as well. So it's not one, it's not two, it's three. And so I think what you do is, is you try and sign a cornerback who's a free agent coming out of his first contract. So he's a veteran, but he's like 25, 26. Yes. Um, I, I think you might have to draft one, and then I think you might have to have basically what amounts to an open competition among some of the names you just broached. Yeah, it's interesting that um, I think I would probably put corner as as your you know number one draft pick as you know even though you have these young guys that you know you, you thought were going to be part of your future, but you, injury thing last year last year past season just muddied the water so much that it's it's hard to know with these guys. Um, but I think but I think Harrison's back. We'll see what if seen you know. Um, hard to even know what he is, Judd. What, Seen what, better be a starter, man. I I need him to be competing for a start. I he, he, I need the feel good Cam Bynum story. It can continue, but day one of training camp, it it is still. What type of indictment is is a chipper when you get to training camp and they basically say what a fourth round pick in Bynum won yeah, a job better, in the yeah. spring. <laughs> I know, and and that continued into the season where Seen was job shouldn't be one in the spring, well. my man. Yeah, well, and I, I will say it is encouraging, you know, for what it's worth. But the 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 small uh, videos we see on Twitter of seeing working out—that's pretty amazing recovery, considering how horrific that injury was. Um, so I would think that he's going to be a hundred percent by by training camp. Um, the hope, but uh, there wasn't a, this wasn't like an established player who got hurt. This was a guy who was still trying to prove that he could be a starter. So, but he, you're right. He needs to be a starter. Um, I just, Judd, I just think, man, there are so many questions, whether it's salary, whether it's age, whether it's injuries, whether it's unproven guys with that defense that it, it I mean, it is a one gigantic question mark. And I'm sure Flores, you know, it, it's, I would love to hear, uh, his evaluation of what he sees and what he thinks he has and what he needs in either draft or free agency. Chip, where does uh, where does Duke Shelley fall on on this pecking order for you as a free agent? He played so well for you down the stretch, but he's yeah. undersized. Where, where, where does he kind of fall in this? I, I think uh, a key backup. I, I mean, I would try to resign him. Um, I like the way he competed. He he makes up for you know maybe some physical limitations size wise with. Guy made plays, man, mm-hmm. and he played hard, and he was on the field. And so, now, do you want him to be a starter for seventeen games on a good defense? Probably not. But you know, as we've seen, you need how many realistically cornerbacks to get through a season? Six, seven. So if it's he like started tell pitching, me, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I think he's a valuable guy to have on your roster in terms of probably special teams and. You know, if if a guy goes out with an ankle injury, you can put him in there and feel reasonably good that he's going to make plays for you. So I would definitely try to re-sign him. I think the key thing here is this. The corners are going to have to hold up in man, which is going to be a big ask. Because uh, you're going to get more sacks, which is great. You're going to get more pressure, which will be good. But the reality is this. There's times that they are going to have to do their job. And that's yeah. where and that's where you can't bring Pat, Pat P back. I think Pat P was disappointed that Ed got fired. Because Pat because, knew, he, knew that, that was his <laughs> ticket out of town here because yeah. 
he is one guy. In fact, I think it was Chipper. Was it finally the Giants playoff game where they started where they to exploit him. Yeah. him more? And and yeah. they got him because yeah, that was the key. Yeah, they, they went at him. Yeah, it was the, it was the playoff game, and and I mean, you know, he's just going to be a year older, and I know he works hard in the offseason and keeps it, but it's you know, you're not going to defeat time, and and I just think that this is the opportunity to turn that defense over. Yes. I mean, I really do with with the veterans that you've had. Yes. Um, look, they had one of the worst defenses in NFL. So we can blame that all on Donatel if you want, but I don't I think that's misguided if you do. You know, he's a big part of it, but the personnel has to be addressed too. And I, I just think this is your moment to have that competitive rebuild. <laughs> you know? Well, I agree completely. And that's the thing too, you know, Chip, and this has changed from our, our days on the beat to now. Um I felt like there was a time, and it must have pivoted in the Zimmer years, I guess. I felt like yeah. there was a time when they were far more apt to make changes. Now, they didn't from 2009 to 10 because they thought that was a Super Bowl team. But Correct. it wasn't a loyalty to players. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like we've developed, um, like the Wolves have allowed themselves, because it's got to be them, to fall in love with players. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like we saw that a ton in our time on the beat. The exception being 2010, and again, I don't think that was a loyalty thing. I think that was a a, a misjudgment of the roster thing. No, that was a run it back. Like you were so close, and right. um, that was a hey, let's let's keep this intact and you know have one more season to run it back. But no, you, you're probably right, and I don't know why that pivot point is. Is it because uh, the guys that they have here are, are good dudes you know i mean you have some guys that you really like and kendrick yeah little, probably he's well liked yeah, in the uh, community yeah right. and 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 um have been you know it's not like they haven't been good players i mean eric kendrick's was you know one of the best linebackers there for a couple three year stretch and so yes. but the old bill 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 belichick rule get rid of them a year too early than a year too late. And it's hard. And I think we saw that with Spielman that you just become attached to guys that have been productive for you and good players and good citizens. And, and you're willing to live with slippage in their play because you, you, you trust them. It's hard when you have so much trust and equity with a guy to, to move on. But um, so I think that's probably been a big, big part of it. But I, I just think that, you know, they were not going to do this, rip, you know, turn the page with everything that was going on last offseason and just trying to get, you know, comfortable with your surroundings and the roster. And you wanted to see, you know, what that roster could do because they do like that roster. But now, even though you win 13 games, I think even in that building, they're realistic that, that okay, at least defensively, that was fool's gold. You're not, you know, you're not going to win 13 games with one of the worst defenses in the league every year. No. And they also, I think, I I will say this, and, and O'Connell is young and he was new, but I think in retrospect, he would probably admit that, that the decisions made on that side of the ball, just starting with obviously Ed being, being hired, which none of us thought was going to be the, the disaster that yeah. it sort of was. But, um, I think it's tough when you're on the other side of the ball, when your when you're focus in O'Connell's case is offense, right? And you are basically thinking about play calling and how am I going to run the scheme and how am I going to blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, I think you just sort of hire a guy 
to run the defense that you think works against you as an offensive guy and then sort of be like, okay, go to yeah. work. And what you learn is there probably has to be at least some type of hands-on that goes beyond that. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how this works with Flores because this guy was a head coach, right? So you, there's more trust in just allowing him to do his thing. And, and um, he has a much different personality, I think, than O'Connell, right? I mean, Flores is more kind of – Oh, he's, um, yeah, he's more aggressive, I think. Like in your – yeah, aggressive, yeah. Uh, kind of cut to okay. the chase, tell you how it is. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that dynamic, right? But I, but I do think O'Connell will still not be hands off, but the fact that I mean, you have a guy who's been a head coach mm-hmm. and who's you know who's been under Bill Belichick for years. I, I don't think O'Connell's going to meddle too much. I agree with that, but what I but I guess my point is when you're starting out, like you've got to get that higher oh, right yeah and, and yeah. it can't be because and it can't be because well this guy worked with Fangio and Fangio's defense is good against my offense yeah. so I I'm saying at some point in time and if that clearly does not work then you do have to step in more which I think Kevin tried to do but he probably didn't go as far as he should have but yes if Brian Flores is as effective as we think it becomes mm-hmm. a lot simpler um, and and it becomes now okay. You're not going to get to December first and say, "Oh my God, it's time for a sit down with Brian Flores." Hopefully, yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I think, I mean, obviously they, you know, they must have had a good rapport during the interview process. Um, you know, I want to I want to go back to the Neil Hunter, the thing that you brought up about the restructure. How do you think that'll go over? With the well. Neil? I think it's going to be an extension because he's going into his last year. So it's more than a restructure. Yeah. He he actually has uh, zero guaranteed money left in this last year. So I think he's okay. going to say, I had 10 and a half sacks. I really, PFF-wise, statistically, yeah. you know, advanced metrics did, did well. Um, I'm just saying I think that one is worth it because I still think he is a damn good player. I I, I agree. And I think more than anyone – the change in scheme, change in philosophy, change in everything affected him more than any. Maybe Harrison, maybe Harrison, because Harrison wasn't allowed to. Well, yes, do the different things as as. Um, but but even so, Daniil, um, he did not look like Daniil until week thirteen. <laughs> you know, and and some of that might have been just Russ from really not having played for two years. You know, but. I don't like having him drop into coverage so much. He's he was on pace to have, I, you know he's he had one of the fastest starts in sacking the quarterback rushing pass. Let's yeah maximize his strengths, right? And so right. and I think he was you know I I don't know how frustrated he was privately with having to do new things and but I'm sure he wasn't happy with the production level he was early in the season, you know. No, and and you know Chip I I said this to Phil and Dex uh, as well, but the amazing thing is here. So go and look at, at you know, 10 and a half sacks, his PFF grades, which are actually yeah. really good. Yeah. Give me the last guy that you covered where the disconnect between what your eyes told you and what, and what the advanced metrics told you was that wide. Yeah, it's – well, I saw – you know, it's funny because – um. I forgot what point in the year was, and I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "It's like you just don't notice him like you used to." I mean, just it just he's having. I don't want to say he's in, invisible, but he just never made like splash plays, and somebody 
and the person say, wow, his PFF grade is really high. I'm like, really? Like, yep. I know. I, I was stunned. I was like, okay, maybe I'm, I don't know football. <laughs> you know, Like I'm not seeing this right. I, I was stunned to hear that, but um, it just, and I don't know what those grades are based on, but it just, he just didn't make the impact early, you know, and now, Later in the season, you saw him show up more, and and he, you know he was making that impact and affecting quarterback and getting sacked. So it wasn't the whole year, but early on, it's like, and I I, I think it's as much that how they were him getting used to that scheme and and just being a bad fit for it. Maybe I don't know. Well, but that's where your point is right, which is is you've got to use like a guy like that has to be used to his strengths all the time. Yeah, you can't be you. How does it not occur to you after like a quarter of the season and say, you know, know. We're, we're dropping him back into coverage? One, he's not comfortable, and two, it's not working. It might be disappointment, yeah. but it's not working. Adjust. I mean, as late as around December, Chipper Ed Donatel yeah. said it's going to yeah, take a year. You know, so so let's you know, no, this is the Neil Hunter. No. Yeah, it, it should not. It's take not a year. going to take a year. And and I think the thing that was so frustrating there was that you were you were neutralizing him yourself at times i know yeah and you're right on on smith as well i mean harrison smith i think he had like four picks because he was always playing deep but that's not what he does best yeah he he moves around it yeah um it's like you know i just this just popped in my head we were talking about this just think of the laundry list of Big ticket items that Quasey has to deal with this offseason. That sounds like a Chip Scoggins column to me as well. Well, it's it, the, the gears. That's are what I'm hearing. Here. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing. I see a Sunday. My column. investment in that two dollar paper <laughs> that day will be a good one. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the Jefferson extension, and oh, you yeah. know, I mean, they got to get Thielen figured out here quickly. And oh, by the way, your your quarterback and. What do you? What's your plan there? And all these veterans that, you know, you basically have to decide, cut, restructure. You know, when do you cut them? This is a test for the new GM to see that what his, uh, yes, what his uh, acumen is in terms of uh, constructing a roster and, and and making it all work within this, you know, salary cap. In fact, you know what that sounds like, Chip Scoggins? That sounds like a great conversation for next week's Purple Access. So drink your surly, be a good boy, and I'll talk to you then, dude. Thank you. I'll text you tonight. See you.